Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are today. Uh, we are going to be talking about hiking today. Um, so come hi say hi in the chat. Um, we already have Samira and Vivian there. Hope you're doing well. Um, if you haven't seen one of my streams before, my name is Emily. I'm one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers from Canada. Also spent some time living over in the UK, in London. And I'm currently traveling and streaming to you from my camper van in Panama. So nice to have you here today. Perfect. Um, let's get going then. So hiking. What is this? Maybe you've heard this word before, talking about hiking trails, hiking boots, um, hiking uh, vacations, maybe. So this is the activity of going for long walks, especially in the countryside, or the woods, mountains, like in the picture here. Um, this is hiking. Is this something that you like to do? Let me know. Um, so this would be, you know, going for more than just a little walk around, maybe a, a park or something like that. And come say hi in the chat. Let me know where you're from. So we have Marcelo from Brazil so far. Good to see you too. Nice to have you here. Um, and if you do like to, tell me um, maybe in the chat one of your places, favorite places to go. Um, if you don't like to, maybe tell me why as well. Maybe it's because you live somewhere that's very hot or there's not really some, you know, some great places to go where you live. Um, let me know if it's something you like to do when you go on holiday. So we have Soraya from Saudi Arabia as well, Nicole from Germany, Marius from Poland. Good to have you all here. Okay, so most of us do like to hike. So today we're gonna go through a little bit of vocab. Um, we're gonna talk about some of the most famous hiking trails in the world. And if you have any to share with the group from your own country, please come and tell us about it in the chat. All right, so let's see here. So most of us here have said, yes, we like to go hiking. So what's the longest hike you have done? Um, is it one hour? So maybe a short one, like a lunchtime hike, uh, three hours, so half a day, one day, a whole week. So that would mean that you, you have to be camping overnight um, or more than a week. So have you gone on one of those very long uh, walks or hikes? There's several, several of those through Europe and other parts of the world we're going to learn about today. Okay, let's see who else we have. Nastya from Ukraine, Nat Punch from Moscow, Miguel from Spain, Dendofil from Iraq. Okay. So how, what's the longest hike you've done? I think the longest hike that I've done so far was like a four-day hike. Um, but I'm planning in December to do, December, January, to do an eight-day hike. So that's going to mean I'm going to have to carry everything with me. Um, we'll go through some of the things you need to bring. Uh, let's see here. Miguel likes to go hiking once a month in the mountains. Yes, there's beautiful, lots of beautiful mountains around Spain. Do you usually go in Spain, Miguel, or do you travel further? Abdadios says he was in Kos. Um, so in Greece, I guess, I've been to Kos, um, a nice mountain called Dikios to go hiking. 
and Marcelo is not sure what's meant by a hike. So a hike is usually, we're gonna, we'll go into this a little bit further to give you an idea of um, what I mean when I say that. And then maybe you'll know if you if you have done a hike. Okay. So let's see here. So yeah, for me so far, the longest would be about four days. And it looks like we have a couple of people who have done much longer hiking trips. Okay, perfect. Let's keep going then and we'll learn about some other places to go. Um, so maybe you've heard this word trekking before. Um, so hiking is usually, it's just for fun or pleasure. Um, and usually when you call it hiking, it might be like, an overnight and you can still call a longer hike uh, a hike but usually you might be here of it being called uh, a trek in English and so this is when there's a particular destination in mind it might be a lot more um, like wilderness as opposed to being park trails and it could be thousands of kilometers um, in the picture you'll see as well if you're going on a hike or you're hiking, it might be kind of like a day pack. Maybe you have some overnight gear, but if you're trekking, it means that you're gonna need to bring a lot of things with you. So this is kind of the difference, but you can call them both ways. It's just in English, you might hear people talking about trekking is a bit more kind of the adventurous, um, vigorous, difficult hikes, um, whereas hiking can be um, more like day or overnight hikes. Okay. So maybe tell me in the chat if you, some of you said, do you like to go hiking? Why do you like to go? What does it give to you? Of course, it's pastime. So it's kind of an activity to do. Um, what are some other reasons why we should consider going for a hike? So it will lower the risk of heart disease, improve your blood pressure. Uh, um, doctors recommend that you should walk at least an hour a day, five days a week. So if you can go for a hike um, each day or a few times a week, this is a great way to uh, reduce your chance of having different um, diseases, including a stroke. It'll improve your overall fitness a lot. So building up strength, of course, in your thighs, leg muscles, hip muscles, um, builds your endurance and it's a weight bearing exercise which means that you are um, kind of supporting your own weight which builds bone density of course if you're carrying a backpack this adds even more to the kind of strengthening that can happen um, number three we have on the list in the slide is uh, improving your mental health so getting away from the stress of everyday life, escaping to the outdoors. The outdoors is a great place um, to kind of put life in perspective and take your mind off of worries. Uh, if you're cooped up, kept inside too long, um, it can kind of give you stress, depression, or anxiety. So getting outside and going for a hike is a great way to improve your mental health. Um, burns calories, of course, and, uh, you know, this will vary depending on how steep you're going, how much weight you're carrying, how fast you're going. Um, but overall, of course, you will be burning calories. Um, and what I found online was that it'd be probably around 550 calories per hour. 
Um, and finally, it can make you creative. So if you are just staying inside and maybe you're trying to write a book or finish, finish some sort of piece of work, getting outside can actually make you more creative. So the vitamin D from sunlight uh, has a lot of great benefits for us. It increases our attention span and improves our ability to focus. Uh, so this can help us with problem solving skills. Um, plus vitamin D has many other benefits um, for our body, our bones, our teeth. So getting outside and getting some vitamin D is important. Okay. So let's see here. Hakeem from Saudi Arabia, no worries for being late. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Okay. So um, in North America, hiking is very popular. So we're, they have, there's, there's quite a few kind of specialty shops where you can buy all of this gear. It might be more difficult where you live, but I'd imagine that there's some sort of like outdoor adventure stores. Um, let me know in the chat, where would you, where would you buy this, this type of equipment? So first of all, you have your hiking boots. So this is going to be more sturdy than just running shoes or trainers, um, as they call them in the UK. Uh, these are going to have a bit of a higher um, higher boot on them to give you support to your ankle. And good hiking boots make all the difference. Uh, I was doing a hike a few months ago in Guatemala. And uh, if I didn't have the proper um, hiking boots that were grippy uh, and very sturdy, it would have been a very difficult hike. So I recommend if you're going on a hike, which is more challenging, don't just wear your normal shoes or running shoes. It's important to have uh, proper hiking boots. Very important. Um, then a backpack. So the size is going to vary according to whether you're doing a day hike or a multi-day hike. As I said, usually people will carry a 50 to 60 liter backpack. Uh, a tent. So uh, trying to get as small a tent and as lightweight a tent as possible because you're, of course, going to be carrying this on your back. So maybe if you're going with someone else, you can get a two-person tent. One person carries the tent. The other person carries some other gear, like sleeping bags. Now, of course, with hiking, you're going to higher elevation. And so it might be quite cold up there. So don't just but bring a sleeping bag for the temperature where you are in the city at the bottom of the mountain, you need to consider what could the temperatures be up high. Um, what else? You need to know where you are. So whether that's a physical paper map, some GPS tool, a compass, um, of course your phone is good, but you're gonna need to make sure you have enough charge, downloaded offline maps, things like that. So if you don't, uh, it's always good to have a backup paper map too, if you're going further away. Food and water, of course. There's different kind of foods you can buy which are dehydrated meals and you just add water. And so this is a very lightweight way to carry the nutrition with you. A first aid kit in case anything goes wrong. Um, a knife or multi-tool. Uh, you could use this when you're cooking or all sorts of different things. And Gigi said, don't forget the viper antivenom. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so 
we'll talk about safety in a bit, but you need to be aware of what types of wildlife are around. And if you need to bring any special medicine, um, also you should be aware of, yeah, just what kind of wildlife there is for what dangers could happen. So yeah, Gigi, great point. Perfect. And then in the picture there, we see kind of a, a picture of some of the equipment you might bring with you. And Sarai says, all of these things, yeah. So, I mean, of course, if you're just going for a hike for a few hours and you're not going too far away from civilization, um, maybe you don't need all of these things. You'd still want to bring some water, a snack, good hiking boots, especially if it's a loose kind of trail. Um, yeah, cream, sun cream. So a lot of these things you would still want to bring, even if it's just a short a short hike, but a long one, absolutely in the picture. You would want to bring all these things. Okay, and so Gigi gave us an idea first for one item as, um, you know, if you're in an area with some viper snakes, maybe you need to know what happens in the case that you or someone with you um, gets attacked or bitten. What are some of the things that you should do to remain safe while you're hiking, trekking, out in the wilderness. Let's see here. Okay, so Hakeem says a gun could be necessary for protection, especially in the wild. Yeah, so maybe if you're going into, you know, really wild areas um, where there's bears and things like that, um, you, depending on the country, you'll need to have a, a license, of course, but could be good to have that. Miguel says, I usually just wear sportswear, a pair of sneakers, small backpack, nothing special. Yeah, so I think it would depend on the terrain, so the type of ground for whether a pair of sneakers is okay or if you need hiking boots. I've been some places where it's like very kind of soft and gravelly, and if I didn't have the extra grip, it would make it more difficult to hike. But depending on if you're going to some parks where trails are well maintained or they're hard packed sneakers could be okay okay so sorry says i get concerned about getting lost or having an accident yes so maybe for you it would be best to start with some hikes which are on you know trails which have been set aside for hiking uh, um, so that you don't get lost so if there's a nice path already set and it's maybe a busier hike so there's people around that could be a good way to stay stay uh, feeling safe I think once you once you kind of leave doing hikes on um, you know in specific parks and go to more wild areas you do need to have experience I haven't done hikes like that but I agree I would also be worried about getting lost <laughs> No, Nastia says, learn different situations that can happen with you. Yes. So that might be like paying attention to um, what types of animals are there in the area. Uh, Nat Punch suggests informing the special service about my route in the mountains. Perfect. Yeah. Specifically, if you're going to an area that doesn't have an exact route, you want to go and uh, talk to the park ranger or whatever it's called in your 
your country and let them know your route. <clears throat> Let's see here. Carry a compass and a mat. map from Gamalar. Great. Yes, good to have backup in case your phone dies or there is no connection. Okay, so let's look at a, um, a list of a few other ideas. Um, it's not a complete list, of course, and it will depend on many things, such as Hakim saying he'd love to try hiking in snow. So that would bring about a whole other set of uh, requirements for what kind of equipment you need and what you need to have in mind for safety. Okay, so some other things to do. Um, so someone mentioned this already, that, uh, let's see, so some people saying having connection problems. Let me know if other people, hopefully it's okay on the Wi-Fi here. Um, otherwise I will try a different network if multiple people are having issues. Um, okay, so for safety plans, the contact plan, so that would be telling someone uh, where you're planning to go um, and how to get in contact if, uh, you know, and what to do if, say, you haven't been heard of from tw for 24 hours. Go with a friend. So although it can be nice to maybe relax and um, clear your mind, going with a friend is good for safety. Uh, don't walk off the trail. So unless you know the area really well, then it is important to stay on the trails. It's also important to stay on the trails so you don't kind of um, ruin any of the nature or the wildlife. So you would only go off trail if you were really aware of where you're going. Um, be courteous to other hikers, help them out maybe if they've had a problem, take plenty of water or be aware of where there are places to get water along the way wear good shoes we've already talked about um, that can make a big difference of the hike and never feed or touch life okay so what famous hikes have you heard of around the world um, or where do you want to go um, Hakeem mentioned he'd love to try hiking in the snow uh, is there a certain country or a place or trail that you've heard of that you would like to try in the snow or anywhere. Um, Vivian from Egypt, hello. Let me know if there's a hike that you would like to do. There's quite a few all around the world that people travel, travel very far for. Um, it's always important to pay attention to what time of year is the best for these hikes. You know, often you are going to be at higher elevations. So if it's winter, that could be very challenging. Mm. Okay, so Gigi says Colorado. Yeah, lots of beautiful scenery there. I haven't been there myself, but I imagine in the mountains it would be wonderful. And Hakeem wants to try the Rock Canadian Rocky Mountains in the winter. It's very adventurous. Um, definitely take a guide with you then. <laughs> If you want to do the winter hike, make sure you have really good gear. Um, Irina wants to go around Mont Blanc. Awesome. That is, I'm going to talk about that one today, actually. <laughs> Alaska. 
Bali. Yeah, I think there's some volcano hike you can do in northern Bali. It's like a, a sunrise hike. So I think you leave in the nighttime and then arrive at sunrise, something like that. Those are always really nice hikes and it feels like you've earned something at the end um, going for a sunrise hike. The Camino de Santiago, excellent Nastia, that's a very famous one in Spain. Wonder if Miguel has tried parts of it. <laughs> Perfect. Lots of good ideas for places to go. Well, let's um, let's go through a few of them then. Let me know if you've heard about them. If there's any others you want to share with the group, just add it in the chat. So the first one, which I'm sure many of you have heard about, is the Inca Trail in Peru, which is a 42-kilometer trek taking you up to Machu Picchu, these um, Incan ruins up in the mountains. So usually this hike takes about four days um, and it's, it's really incredible. I, I did this, um, this hike about 10 years ago. I didn't do exactly the Inca trail in its entirety. Um, the trail itself books up many months in advance, if not like half a year in advance. And so what I did was something called the jungle trek, which included hiking each day but we also did zip lining, uh, whitewater rafting, um, what else? But we did, and, and hiking as well. Um, and we stayed with kind of families along the way. So that was a really cool way to do more of a light and fun trek that wasn't so serious. You know, we weren't carrying a lot of gear, just our backpacks uh, without food because we were eating along the way. But that was a fun option. Another way to go and see Machu Picchu is by train. So if you didn't want to do a four-day or a five-day hike, you can just take the train and then hike for the last portion. But this is a really beautiful, beautiful place to visit in Peru. Let me know in the chat if you've also visited uh, Machu Picchu. The next famous hiking trail is the Annapurna circuit in Nepal. So this, if you were to do the entire journey, it would be 17 days long, more than 200 kilometers, and you'd be passing some of the tallest peaks or mountains on the planet. And you go from steamy jungle down below to above tree line. So of course that means you're gonna be having lots of layers. Um, and for the camping up top, you're going to need um, good sleeping bags and equipment. It's going to get cold up there. So if you didn't want to do the 17 days, that's a very long, intense hike. You can do kind of sections of the circuit for three to five days. And along the way, it's going to be very basic accommodation and food. So you don't won't need to carry a tent or food for this uh, circuit. But yeah, I haven't I haven't done that one. I have some friends who have been and really enjoyed it. So maybe one day I will try that too. Let me know in the chat if you've uh, heard of this one or you've been there. Next, one of the most famous uh, hikes to do in all of Africa, the whole continent, 
Morocco and Tanzania, 30,000 people attempt it each year. And actually most will, uh, will get to the peak, to the summit. It's not too difficult. It takes about five or six days, but it's a very slow um, ascent. So there's not too many parts where you're going to be, you know, making, going really, really vertically. Um, so from what I understand, it's not too difficult of a hike. It's just kind of long and um, lots of, lots of walking. Okay. I have, I've been to Tanzania, but I did not do this hike. I was kind of focusing on other activities during that trip. Um, but it does look like a nice one. I did, I drove past Kilimanjaro and saw it. <laughs> um, let's keep going. So Everest Base Camp. Uh, also in Nepal, of course, this is one of the most famous. Hakeem mentioned the Everest movie in the chat. So to get up to the base camp is about 12 to 14 days. So you can imagine there's quite um, a vertical incline for this. When you get up to the 5,500 meters, it's the, the air can be quite thin. It's difficult to breathe. So it gets more and more difficult as you go up. Um, during the base camp hike, you're actually not going to see the peak of Mount Everest, but you will see various others along the way. And this is best to do in spring or fall. Um, otherwise it is not, not so easy. I don't think it's easy anyways. Um, however, I understand there's a very well-trodden path, which means that it's like a well-used path going up the mountain. Another thing is that this is quite an expensive hike to do. So I think the permits um, and the equipment you need would be well over $10,000 from what I understand. So it's, this would be an expensive hike to do, but a lot of people still have it on their, their list. Okay. Let me know if you know anyone who's been to Everest, if you've been, if you've seen it. And let's keep going. So the next one, this is, I'm going to be going here at the end of December. Um, this is Torres del Paine in Chile, in southern, southern Chile, really close to the bottom in Patagonia. And it's famous for this view here, um, the towers, as they're called, there's jagged tower mountains and glacial lakes with the really bright, bright blue color you get from glaciers. And there's different routes to do. Um, there's the W route, which kind of takes you through what looks like a W. And there's the O route, which goes all the way around. Um, so I'm planning to do the O route, which is longer. So this will be my longest hike that I have done to date. Um, so for this hike, we have uh, we've got some lightweight tents, lightweight sleeping bags, sleeping pads. Um, so this will be kind of quite a big adventure, trying something new. The best time of year, of course, in Patagonia, the summer is um, opposite to the Northern Hemisphere. So the best time to go here is December to February, but it is still um, quite a harsh climate area. So you might get rain, snow, sun and wind all in the same day. So 
it is um, even though it's summer, it'll still be cold, I think. <laughs> um, so let's, let's go and ask you, which of those would you like to do? Would you like to do the Inca Trail in Peru, Annapurna in Nepal, Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Everest Base Camp, also in Nepal, or Torres del Paine in, in Chile? And Hakim mentioned that um, he's heard about Yukon Peak in Canada. Some people say it's like Everest. I'm not sure about that one. We have um, a territory in Canada, so up by Alaska, it's called the Yukon. Maybe that's where that peak is. I'm not sure. And let me know in the chat why you would like to do that hike. So is it just because of what you would see there? Is it because you're interested in the culture or food of the country as well? So you wanna also visit that country. Maybe the hike would be a part of a bigger vacation. Um, I think Peru, for instance, is becoming quite a foodie destination um, for a lot of people. Let me know. So most people are saying the Inca Trail. Yeah, I think that's quite a famous one. And seeing Machu Picchu is very impressive, especially at sunrise, just as it hits. It's pretty cool. And Torres del Paine as well in Chile, which looks incredible. And so Torres del Paine, um, a lot of these hikes, like I said, you might need to carry a tent or not. So in Torres del Paine, they do have options to stay in sort of lodges along the way. And you can even book for your food to be prepared along the way, but it's super, super expensive. For instance, a dorm bed. So this is, isn't a hotel room, just a bed within a room costs a hundred dollars. So that's quite expensive just to have a dorm bed. Whereas for camping in most places, it was around 10 to $20 to pay for a campsite but they do limit the number of people by how many campsites are available. So you have to book far in advance. I booked my, um, my camping, I think like three or four months ago for December and already places were starting to book out. So that tell, gives you an idea of how popular this hike is. Of course, if you hadn't booked your campsites already, you can maybe book with a tour guide who has already booked everything, but you'll pay a big premium. And this hike in particular isn't a hard one. It's meant to be quite easy. There are lots of signs. So there's not really any reason to get a guide in this area. You'll just be paying for not much. <laughs> so for me, I just we decided we don't want to go with a guide. Um, we'll just go on our own. Cool, so there's a mix there between the Inca Trail and Torres del Paine, so. Lots of people off to South America for their hiking. <laughs> okay. And so we mentioned altitude a couple of times. Um, I'm curious to know what's the highest altitude you have been at. So have you always been at sea level or just up some hills? So maybe around a thousand meters. Um, thousand to two thousand, two to three thousand or more than 3,000. <clears throat> so for instance, um, more than 3,000 meters, um, 
the city of La Paz in Bolivia, I think is at around four is four thousand or above. Machu Picchu, let's see what the altitude is. Actually, I'm not sure the elevation. So Machu Picchu, for instance, is 2,500. Um, Rainbow Mountain in Peru is 5,200. The salt flats in Bolivia are around 5,000. Okay, cool. So the people who say 3,000 meters plus, let me know in the chat, where was that place? Where was that place? Okay, and so it's important sometimes to have an idea of your altitude, um, you know, for what the weather could be like, but also there's something called altitude sickness, also called mountain sickness. So when you go to a high elevation or altitude too quickly, the pressure drops in the atmosphere, you're getting less oxygen, um, and there can be some bad effects. And people can even die from this in very in, um, kind of severe cases. So this can happen usually anywhere from about 2,500 meters and up. Could happen a bit lower if you come up really quickly, um, but around 2,500 meters or 8,000 feet and above, it's a risk. So what can you do about this risk? Um, actually first, what are the symptoms? What can happen to you? So, um, it could be things like headache, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, fatigue. It's like very, feeling very tired, loss of energy, shortness of breath, problems with sleep, or loss of appetite, among a few others. So these are kind of like the light symptoms, I would say. The more serious symptoms um, where it's becoming more of a problem could um, be things like difficulty walking, um, tightening in chest, uh, confusion, um, a cough that won't stop, or even going into a coma. So a coma is when you're kind of in a, a sleep that you can't get out of. So those would be the more severe cases at higher altitudes. And different people could be affected differently. And so it's important for you to know, um, you know, what these symptoms are, because if you're starting to get them, it might mean that you need to descend and wait for a while before you continue to give your body a chance to catch up. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, Gigi, loss of appetite could be a less serious problem. Yes. Um, Absolutely. These are these are just kind of the early warning signs, but it can get more and more serious with the symptoms. Okay. So what can you do? So as I said, if you start to go up and you start to notice you're getting these symptoms in your body, um, maybe you need to go a bit more slowly. So if you are getting somewhere like to go to Machu Picchu, for instance, the city you start in is called Cusco. You would want to get to Cusco and be there for at least one full day before you start your hike. So your body can get used to um, used to the altitude. It's going to be easier if you get to altitude by the road, for instance, rather than fly. But then the roads can be kind of 
dangerous in some places, very windy. So maybe you're more comfortable flying. So if you do, you just need to give yourself time to get used to this new um, altitude. There's different medicines you can take. Um, there might be some natural medicines that the local people can tell you about. Um, and another thing you don't want to do is to uh, drink alcohol or smoke when you get to altitude. It's going to make it worse for you. So there's different things you can do. But I do, I think speaking to the locals is the best way to know because they see tourists all the time, but they also have dealt with it themselves. Um, so these are some of the things that you can do. So several of you uh, have been to a high altitude before. Have you ever had altitude sickness? So no, I haven't been that high. No, I don't think so. Yes, now that you mentioned the symptoms. Yes, it was awful. Or yes, it was okay. Mm. So I would say when I was in Peru and Bolivia about 10 years ago with a friend, we, um, we, we didn't have it very bad, but we definitely were not feeling well for a few days um, when we got to that altitude. But we didn't, yeah, we, we got to Cusco and then we went out and had a party and we're eating heavy food and things like that. But we didn't realize actually we shouldn't do that. So we didn't read about <laughs> what you shouldn't do. Um, so Hakeem, feeling the air pressure in your ears? Yeah, absolutely. But you yawn like that to get the air pressure out. Just like when you go underwater, we were talking about diving the other day. You also need to clear the air pressure. Okay. So not too many people have had this. So maybe if the people who said they've been at high altitudes, maybe you were already at a high altitude and so it wasn't too fast. I think the usually the most common way for this to happen is if you fly in somewhere with altitude and then you try to go do a lot of activity and go out and party and stuff, like you're not going to feel good. Um, okay. Cool. Well, just something to be aware of if you ever do find yourself somewhere with the high altitude. Let's go back to um, a few nice places to hike to give you some more ideas. Um, you know, many of these are not super difficult ones, like this one in the picture, Cinquetere in Italy. It's one of the most beautiful hikes in Italy. Of course, there's also the Dolomites, which are amazing and I won't talk about today, but this is kind of more of an easy hike. So this could be considered a day hike. You go between the beautiful villages on the coast in the Mediterranean, and you can even stop for coffee and lunch along the way. Um, and there's also a train that goes between the villages. So this could be a great way to do a bit of a hike, take some breaks. So maybe for someone who doesn't love hiking that much, it would still give a great day to get some exercise. Um, and yeah, absolutely beautiful scenery. Let's look at another one here. Milford Track in New Zealand. This is a 53 kilometer trek on the South Island. 
It's five days long with many, many waterfalls along the way and cold, clear alpine lakes. So alpine means at altitude. So alpine lakes like here in the picture and your accommodation is um, provided along the way. So you don't need to bring a tent, but it would be kind of like a basic hut or there could be more fancy private lodges. Um, so this looks like a beautiful one in New Zealand. Okay. Now the USA has a lot of hikes all around the national parks. I'd say it's a big part of the outdoor culture in the United States and in Canada too. <clears throat> so just one example, but there are many is the Bright Angel Trail, which takes you to the Grand Canyon. It's 25 kilometers long, so you could do the whole hike, but you can also just do a day hike. So this is another option to do maybe a shorter hike. It's very easy to follow and well-maintained, but you need to have reservations well in advance. Okay, let's see in the chat here. So. Hakeem's been to Milford Sound in New Zealand, one of the most beautiful places ever seen. Awesome, yeah, I'd love to go check it out. <clears throat> Miguel says people chew coca leaves in Peru to feel better in, in, at altitude. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I mean about talking to the locals, um, find out what they do that might help them. Um, they make also like a tea out of coca which is legal there. It's not like a bad, <laughs> a bad thing. You can have the coca tea to feel better. Um, perfect. Let's look at a couple more examples, but lots of ideas for you guys to go out and have some adventures. The next one is in Canada. Um, so this is a bit of a different hike too. It's not going up a mountain, but it's going along a, a coastline 75 kilometers long. Most people will take about six to eight days. So this is a very well-maintained trail. Um, and it was originally built as sort of a life-saving trail for anyone who might be on a ship which wrecks off the coast because it's quite an intense coast area. Um, but it's very, very adventurous. So there's going to be rivers to cross, ladders to go up and over different parts and super muddy so this is definitely on the more adventurous side that you'll need to be very well prepared you need to make your bookings very far in advance and be prepared for yeah like i say anything so all weather um, preparations here but there'll be some beautiful views along the way including the coastline All right, and the last one, which someone mentioned much earlier today in the chat, um, is Mont Blanc going around France, Switzerland, and Italy. So this is 170 kilometers in total, which people might take 11 or 12 days to do. It's a bit more luxurious. So there's gonna be cable car options uh, to go up or down certain parts of the hike. You're gonna have beautiful views of wide valleys, meadows, and forests. Um, passing through alpine villages and it's gonna you're gonna have the option for more comfortable accommodation and good food along the way so this one you know might be more of an expensive hike overall but you'll have more comfort 
So we have quite a variety in the last um, five options. Which one would you like to do? Cinque Terre in Italy, that's more of like a day hike where you can maybe stop along the way or take the train sometimes. The Milford Track in New Zealand, the Grand Canyon, which could be a day or longer. Um, the West Coast Trail, that's kind of the most adventurous one, I think, out of all of them. Um, or Mont Blanc across a few European countries. It'll be a bit more comfortable. <laughs> Which one would you choose? So I've, I've been to Cinque Terre and I haven't been to the other ones. But I think the Mont Blanc one sounds pretty nice. <laughs> I'm not sure. I want, I'm curious to see how much actually the accommodation would be and things like that, but it could be a nice one. Perfect. So gave lots of ideas today for places in different parts of the world. So over in from New Zealand to Africa, Europe, North America, South America. <coughs> Lots of options. And you know, if you're ever just traveling somewhere, you can just do a quick Google, find some blogs, best hikes in the area. There's an app I use too. Let me see if I can find, what is it called? All Trails, I think it's called. And so anytime you're in a new area, you can search and it will tell you all the hikes that are kind of around how difficult they are and it will show you some routes. You can use it um, offline. So all trails is the one that I use. There's other ones too. So if you wanted to find some hikes. Okay. And Johnny, so Johnny mentions that he's done 10 skydiving jumps. Awesome. Skydiving is super fun. And it's a different way to see a landscape. So you could, yeah, go for a hike through it. Maybe you could skydive after and get a whole new perspective. Um, okay. So we talked today about 10 different locations around the world to go hiking. We looked at some vocabulary. Um, we talked about safety, in particular altitude sickness when you're doing some of the mountain hikes. How do you prepare for a walk or a hike or a trek? As I said, I like to look up um, on an app like All Trails or other websites to see what routes there are, um, what there is along the way. Maybe if I'm going for a hike where we want to have somewhere we can stop for lunch as opposed to bringing lunch, I'll make a bit of a plan there. Um, Saving money, yeah, depending if you're, of course, flying to another country and you need to buy a lot of gear. doesn't have to be, you know, you could just be going for a day hike that's close to where you live, but um, could be expensive depending on uh, if you're staying in, you know, nice lodges or are you staying in tents. All these things will, will um, make it different. Mm -hmm. All right. Find friends to go with you, Irina. Yeah, absolutely. It's 
Um, sometimes it might be nice to go for a walk on your own. Maybe you're listening to a podcast or music. Um, but if you're going for a longer hike or trek, I think for safety and also to, to share the hike, it's nice to go with other people. And yeah, Gigi notes for us, Cinque Terre, five lands in Italy, region called Liguria. Very beautiful part of Italy. Perfect. Well, hopefully that gave you some ideas today, whether that's places to go in your own country. Maybe you're going to go look up some ideas now on one of those hiking apps. Um, find some friends to go with you, go try out a new place, maybe just do a day hike to start. But there's a lot of benefits, as we learned. And it's a great time, great way to, yeah, spend, spend your time. So thank you for being here today. And I will see you again soon on another stream. Take care. Bye.